Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And condolences to the family of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died over the weekend after losing her continuing battle with cancer. She had fought colon, lung, liver, and pancreatic cancer, and the latter metastasized. She died at her home in Washington, D.C. She leaves behind two children and four grandchildren, and her last parting words that she wrote to her granddaughter were that it is her fervent wish that she not be replaced until a new president is installed. So stay tuned. But if you want to hear more about how Ruth made it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, of course, there's always a Florida connection. Listen to my podcast, episode 48, Florida Woman's Conviction by Six Angry Men Launches RBG's SCOTUS Career. It's about a Tampa woman who beat her cheating husband to death with a baseball bat. She was convicted of second-degree murder by an all-male jury in 1957. The case would help launch the U.S. Supreme Court career of none other than the notorious RBG. Now, another topic recently featured on my Full Rigor podcast, episode 72, South Beach Pool Boy Brings Evangelists to His Knees. In that episode, this Sobe pool boy pulled back the covers on a sordid alleged love triangle with televangelist Jerry Falwell Jr., which Falwell Jr. did admit that there was some sort of a relationship between his wife, Becky, and this pool boy. And I get into all of that in episode 72, but a week after Jerry Falwell Jr. resigned as president of Liberty University because of this major scandal, he apparently got drunk and fell down the stairs. Here's part of the 911 call. It's Becky on the phone. Where is he bleeding from? His head, his ear, his nose. The 911 operator asks Becky if her husband has been drinking a lot. I'm not going to answer that question. Apparently, Falwell doesn't fall well. (laughs) All right. Dispatch logs revealed that Falwell didn't want to go to the hospital. And when medical responders got to the house, they observed lacerations on his face, under his left eye, above both eyes, and across the bridge of his nose. Falwell told responders he hid his head on a trash can. Blood and empty alcohol containers were found near the area that Falwell had indicated. And officers also noted Falwell had slurred and slow speech and was repeating things. It's a key indicator you're drunk. Apparently, Jerry Falwell Jr. had a relationship with alcohol, and it had been a rocky one. Through the years, despite Liberty University's strict rules mandating that students cannot drink, Falls Not So Well Jr. became a nightmare for school administrators, staff, and donors when Jr. would allegedly show up on campus drunk. He claims that never happened, but he also noted that alcohol was not off-limits for faculty. Always an excuse with this guy. Liberty's anti-alcohol policy is so severe that students are submitted to random breath, blood, and urine tests. For the entire story, listen to my Full Rigor podcast, episode 72. South Beach Pool Boy brings evangelists to his knees, quite literally. Now on to another Full Rigor follow-up. Hey! I don't know if you saw it, but... uh, Carol Baskin made her big debut on Dancing with the Stars on Monday. 
for those who don't know, I do not dance. I absolutely do not know how to dance. And so I'm having to learn how I'm feeling it in my ankles right now. I can hardly even stand here. No, she can't dance. That's animal activist Carol Baskin and not so light on her feet. She scored all fours, not down on all fours Monday night during her first spin around the ballroom. Basically, she sucked, but she is a ratings grabber. Hey, I promise not to sing Eye of the Tiger for you in this episode. That, of course, was the song that Carol used for her debut dance. The ladies on The View even talked about it. Joy Behar is getting roasted online for suggesting that Carol Baskin's missing husband, Don Lewis, should appear on Dancing with the Stars. You can't help but laugh, but oops, he's dead. And there's no statute of limitations on murder, Carol. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol at Big Cat Rescue. So is Carol a cool cat or a killer kitten? Well, the jury's still out. So why is she pressing her luck by staying in the spotlight and dancing on Dancing with the Stars? Well, she addressed that question in an Instagram post. Why is she dancing on TV when she's supposed to be protecting cats? And I want to let you know that this is absolutely all about protecting cats. Dancing with the Stars is helping us protect big cats by funding the work that we do to end the private possession of them and to stop the cup handling. Well, of course, Carol doesn't need money because she has her missing second husband's millions, so all the money that she makes on the show will go to help the cats, or so she says. So how much do celebrity dancers make on Dancing with the Stars? Apparently, the initial amount guaranteed for everybody who signs up is a base salary of $125,000. But the contract also includes training for a minimum of 20 hours a week, which is a lot. And it begins several weeks before the season even starts. And if celebrities make it to weeks three and four, they get an additional $10,000 each week. Wow. So Carol's hoping to go all the way to the mirror ball with the help of voters, just like they kept Sean Spicer afloat for so long, much longer than he deserved. So I hope everybody will vote for me. I understand that that was a big part of the uh, winners last year was who had the most votes. You're going to get all kinds of information over how you can help make sure that I win that mirror ball trophy and stay in the running for the entire season so that we can get that message out week after week after week after week. Yeah. Well, Don Lewis's children had a message of their own and their attorney. They ran a commercial during Dancing with the Stars. It aired in local markets here in Florida. The commercial probably cost more than the amount of money Carol earned for the cats while dancing on the show. And here's how the commercial sounded when it aired on Monday night. I'm Gail. Don Lewis was our daddy. I'm Linda and we miss our dad. I'm Donna. We need to know what happened to our father. I'm Ann. All we're asking is justice for Don. Don Lewis mysteriously disappeared in 1997. His family deserves justice. Do you know who did this or if Carol Baskin was involved? A $100,000 reward has been funded. You can call the tip line at 646-450-6530. Or call our office at 800-LITIGATE. And here's what Carol told Entertainment Tonight about that ad and the public's negative opinion of her. It's just been, I think, a huge publicity stunt on their part. So what more could they possibly do than that? Find something to do that's worthwhile with your life. (laughs) Spending time worrying about what I'm doing is probably not a real good use of your time. I'm just, I'm not worried about what people say because 
even when they're saying things that are negative, it's keeping the conversation out there. Yeah, blah, 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 blah about your big cats. I know, you media whore. In fact, Carol Baskin said it would be a quote unquote huge relief if her missing former husband, Don Lewis, rumored to have been killed and fed to her tigers, were to be found thanks to that commercial that ran during Dancing with the Stars. Now, Carol continues dancing around the elephant in the room tonight, Monday night, on ABC's Dancing with the Stars. And again, for more context, listen to my Full Rigger episode 49, Carol Baskin, Cool Cat or Killer Kitten. Now, on to the main attraction, the cop, the nympho, and the politician. In 1991, during the AIDS scare, it was just after Magic Johnson announced that he had contracted AIDS, a couple had no problem with swinging and sleeping around right here in South Florida in Broward County. In fact, the husband, a BSO deputy, and his wife, a former secretary, started a prostitution ring in their own Fort Lauderdale home. They were 41-year-old Jeff and 33-year-old Kathy Willits. Kathy says that she was a good wife. She didn't cheat on her husband until her two boys from a former marriage announced they wanted to live with their dad. And Kathy suddenly was left with an empty nest. She says she became depressed, went to a shrink, he put her on Prozac. They were my life, so when they decided that they wanted to live with their dad for a year, I had a hard time dealing with that. And emotionally, it took a, it, it devastated me. I didn't know how to deal with that, and I suffered from depression for, for quite some time. Saw a, a psychiatrist and went on an antidepressant called Prozac. I was on that approximately six to eight weeks, and then I just started, just my attitude changed. Everything about me just changed. And I started thinking that the kids are gone, and I worked so hard, and now I was going to do what I wanted to do with my life. What does that mean? Live out my wildest fantasies, that, that sort of thing, because I was very structured. I, I was brought up in a very strict Catholic home, raised my children that way, and I, once I was separated from that environment, then I just felt that my attitude changed. So, okay, take Prozac out of the equation. She's still taking money for sex, which is prostitution. And her attorney later blamed Prozac for Kathy Willett's nymphomania. This is something that I told Mr. Rubin. This was not something he, you know, concocted. I mean, any antidepressant drug has adverse effects on any individual. and and. It's a, it's a very serious drug, and it should be taken seriously. I mean, people have committed heinous crimes on the drug Prozac. It, uh, any drug has adverse effects on, you know, individuals. Heinous crimes. So the new improved Energizer Bunny, Kathy, needed sex at least eight times a day. Kind of like Jeffrey Epstein, but I think he only needed it three or four times a day and with underage girls. But anyway, her husband apparently couldn't keep up. I did go from uh, just being very faithful to my husband and never being with anybody to being with a lot of people. When she was the, with the depression, uh, our sex life went to, to zero. And she was always uh, had a higher sex drive than, than most women. When she took the Prozac, then uh, it just sort of like went into overdrive. And within uh, six weeks after taking it, uh, she had her first extramarital affair. Her, her sex drive became so advanced, or you know, like I always call overdrive, it, was, it got to the point where six, seven, eight times a day is not enough. And 
there's there's nobody that can keep up with that. So that's the audience in the background you hear chuckling on the 1993 Jane Whitney show. It was called Florida Brothel Bus Jeff and Kathy Willits. It was recorded right after the two got out of prison. So it was too much for her handsome Broward County deputy husband to handle. So they needed to find a universe of well-paying men at $150 a pop to service her. So they ran an ad. I believe it started off with uh, beautiful, young, frosted blonde, turquoise eyes, great body, hot tan. Uh, looking, looking for executive for day, evening interludes. And you cannot believe how popular that ad was. They got thousands of business cards from which they chose her clients. Plenty of the men answered this 1991 ad. So many that the couple who lived in Tamarack, she was a former office manager for a stock brokerage company, and she quit that job because she was raking in $2,000 a week by sleeping with attorneys, politicians, lots of men. One prosecutor told reporters you'll probably find almost every profession going from advertising to zookeepers with the possible exception of a Buddhist monk. So a lot of those people on her list became very nervous and they filed a lawsuit under the pseudonym John Doe to keep that list secret. And clever entrepreneurs peddled t-shirts that said, quote unquote, I'm not on the list. The question of making the list public went all the way to the Florida Supreme Court, which ruled that the men gave up their privacy by participating in a criminal act. And the biggest name on the list turned out to be that of Doug Danziger, Fort Lauderdale's vice mayor. Danziger had built a political reputation on trying to close down the city's nude bars and porn shops. Jeez. Danziger was kind of a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do kind of guy. No fun for you. Just fun for me. Danzinger denied knowing Kathy Willits, but resigned his post citing personal reasons. And apparently her husband, Jeffrey Willits, had videotaped everything. He liked to watch his wife from behind the slatted closet door. He would even take notes on predilections. But one client seemed to be getting a little too clingy with Kathy. So her suddenly jealous husband, Jeff, left a threatening message on the man's answering machine. And the client called the cops to complain. And that's how everything unraveled. One of my uh, gentleman friends became infatuated with me. His name is Foster McAllister. And said that if I didn't leave my husband for him that he would turn me into the police. Well, naturally, I didn't believe him. Uh, and about a month later, that's when I was arrested and my husband was arrested. See, Jeffrey Willits knew exactly how captivating his wife could be. In fact, during his 17 years as a Broward Sheriff's deputy, one day he pulled over a hot blonde. It was Kathy Willits, and he gave her a speeding ticket and wow, that was it. She knocked him off his feet. He left his first wife for her. And now thanks to a vengeful John, he was arrested for making a living as a pimp and was fired from the BSO. So notorious defense attorney Ellis Rubin was hired. He was the defense attorney who invented the too much TV defense. I remember seeing him escorting Kathy to a Miami Dolphins game. 
they were coming down the aisle in front of me, and uh, this was during the heat of her troubles with the law. She was wearing a cut-off T-shirt with the arms that were cut out, so there was plenty of side boob showing as she was flopping down the steps, and the crowd was going wild. Well, they hired flamboyant attorney Ellis Rubin. He gained national fame for handling a variety of highly publicized lost cause cases in a legal career that spanned 53 years. And he won his first case in Florida using the battered woman defense. He also worked to free a man. His name was James Richardson, who had been wrongly imprisoned for 21 years for allegedly fatally poisoning his seven children. He defended a 15-year-old, Ronnie Zamora, in 1977 for the murder of his 83-year-old mother in Miami Beach. The trial was one of the first ever nationally televised, and the defense was that Zamora was intoxicated by violence that he saw on television. The defense became known as the TV intoxication defense. Zamora claimed that he could not tell the difference between fantasy and reality because of his obsession with Kojak (laughs) and other violent shows since the age of five. Well, that defense didn't work. And I'm going to get into Ellis Rubin and his many infamous defenses and cases in South Florida on my next Full Rigor podcast. But sticking with this topic, he created the nymphomania defense in the case involving prostitution and Kathy Willits. Rubin apparently was shady because a reporter for Inside Edition said that he and one of his sons tried to sell a videotape of Danziger, the vice mayor of Fort Lauderdale, and Kathy Willits in her bedroom. Mm-mm, that's not good. So Rubin contended Kathy Willis was driven to prostitution by nymphomania fueled by Prozac, and which was the same medication that then-Governor Lawton Childs was taking, apparently with no such symptoms. And Rubin also argued that Kathy Willis' insatiable appetite left her husband often impotent. And so their bordello operation was, in fact, couples therapy. Kathy even argues to this day that she wasn't a prostitute. She just needed a little loving. I was lacking the, the, the love and the, uh, of the nurturing that I have with my children. And I know that may sound strange, you? but I needed that companionship. And that's what I was seeking. It's not prostitution. That's what, the, what is wrong with this entire case. The, the, in Women's Day of this month, of August... The state attorney has been quoted. He could not have tried this as a prostitution case. It was a lonely hearts club. (laughs) (laughs) It's lovable. So Rubin's laughable defense attracted international attention. Kathy Willits appeared on all the tabloid TV shows. She became, as the South Florida Sun Sentinel put it, America's sweet tart. She even posed for Playboy. The nympho defense that made them famous was never aired in a trial, though, because the couple wound up pleading guilty and serving time. When they got out, they cashed in on their notoriety by going into the porn business. Kathy Willis bills herself as Florida's naughty nympho. She eventually pled guilty to prostitution because she didn't want to go to trial and reveal the client list that was eventually revealed. Ellis Rubin wanted to go to trial. Jeffrey wanted to take it to trial. I was the one that said no, because I did not want the families of these individuals destroyed like my life was being destroyed at that time. I could have taken it to trial and I would have won. Looking back now, it might have been a real big mistake. So the couple wound up pleading guilty and serving time. Kathy served seven months in prison and her husband, Jeffrey, served around 14 months in prison. 
Now, despite trying to protect them, she laments that her Johns never got charged. However, she did bring down some pretty big fish, like the Fort Lauderdale vice mayor, Doug Denzinger, who resigned for personal reasons. Now, the arrests and convictions of Kathy and her husband, Jeff Willits, landed him in jail. He got fired as a sheriff's deputy, caused them to lose custody of Jeff's daughter, whom Kathy Willits had adopted and destroyed other family relationships. Now, Kathy admits that Jeff's daughter was in the house once, just once, she says, while she was turning tricks. And Kathy Willett's father, brother, and two sons from the other marriage who wanted to live with their dad in Ohio do not speak to her any longer. It's very sad. I mean, their departure started the whole tawdry ball rolling, and now they don't want anything to do with their mom, which I guess is understandable. I mean, it's hard to look at your mom that way. And apparently, the master bedroom told the story. It was there the prosecutors say that Kathy Willits entertained 107 men over a period of five months, earning as much as $2,000 a week. The king-size waterbed had a mirrored canopy. One time, she and a girlfriend encouraged a visitor to go inside a large walk-in closet and peek through the door slats, just as her husband did when he videotaped some of her encounters. Jeff admitted that he did so for the couple's own viewing pleasure until one of the Johns heard snoring from behind the closet door, and he was busted. Jeff and Kathy Willits, who became America's sweet tart, cashed in on her new lifestyle. She got a boob job and today has a job with Pornhub. Partying with Kathy Willett is what it's called, and she still looks pretty good. She's sort of like the 1990s version of Stormy Daniels. We'll leave it at that. That wraps up Full Rigor. Be sure to download all my podcasts and leave me a five-star review, please. And check out my Instagram, Full Rigor Podcast. That wraps up Full Rigor. Until next time, thanks for joining me. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.